This is The Talent Show, a podcast by Talent Canada, the national magazine for workplace leaders published by Annex Business Media. You've tuned in to hear conversations with Canadian experts on the latest in workplace leadership and human resource practices. Thank you for tuning in. Hello and welcome to Talent Canada's national podcast for senior workplace leaders and human resources professionals. Talent Canada is a publication dedicated to driving business through investment in people. I'm your host, Marcel Vanderweer. I'm joined today from Ottawa by Troy Winters, Senior Health and Safety Officer at the Canadian Union of Public Employees, Canada's largest union with 700,000 members. Thanks for joining me, Troy. Thank you for having me. Today, Troy and I will be discussing employees' perceptions on returning to work. Following four months of upheaval caused by the global coronavirus pandemic, workplaces across Canada are now reopening with new health and safety measures in place. Troy, I know our audience is looking forward to hearing from you, so let's get the conversation started. QP is the largest employee union in the country, representing healthcare workers, education, transportation, and more. So my first question for you is on employee willingness to return to work. What sort of things are you hearing from your membership on this? Sure. Well, as you mentioned, we have a very diverse membership and, uh, you know, we're, we're across the country in, in pretty much all sectors of the, of the economy. And, um, you know, a lot, a lot of our members say they never left work. So a lot of our healthcare members, uh, a lot of our, our emergency workers, they, they've, uh, you know, they've kept working through this whole thing. But there certainly has been a number who, uh, who either switched to remote working or were temporarily furloughed. And even within those, uh, with those folks, we're hearing, uh, you know, very diverse opinions. So, you know, for example, in our airline sector, you know, we have some some folks that are, are just really, really, you know, chomping at the bit to get back uh, back up on the airplanes, uh, and we have other people who are um, absolutely just petrified to uh, to get back on the airplanes. Looking at some of our more locally based uh, workers, again, it's the same thing. They have significant uh, questions about what the the workplaces are doing. You know, how will school look in the fall? Is uh, one probably one of the biggest questions for a lot of our members because just like the rest of working population we have a lot of uh, of people a lot of members that have have children and and until we have more firm views on what school will look like there's a lot of folks that are you know maybe they'd like to come back but they just have, they don't know what what their life will look like what school will look like it, it really runs the gamut there you know there's there's a lot of a lot of fear a lot of hesitation but there's also um in some quarters really a lot of uh, excitement as well Sounds like uh, many, many different opinions on this. So in, in terms of the concerns, uh, what what is top of mind from an employee perspective when it comes to the eventual return to the workplace? Well, the, I mean, the biggest concern and, uh, you know, just just to use the example, you know, yesterday, the uh, Ontario government came out with its plan to reopen schools. And uh, it wasn't the CUPE union, but the, the, the union came out, uh, several of the unions came out and said, well, you know, we haven't really been consulted. Um, no one's really told us, nobody's really asked us our, our view or opinion. Um, so that's kind of one of the biggest concerns is a lot of these decisions are being made outside of, of you know, normal discussions, either labor management or health and safety. So there's a, a real lack of information. And it's the fear of the unknown, which is, I think, a bigger problem than what the actual plans are. Because even when the government comes out and says, oh, we're, you know, we're going to do X, Y, Z, or when an employer comes out and says, you know, we're going to do X, Y, Z, 
that's good. It's good that they have a plan, but the devils are really in the details. <laughs> and we haven't been involved in the discussions around the details, so we're unable to come forth and say, actually, yes, we've looked at their plans. We think it's solid. We've made our suggestions. They took them or not, whatever, but we haven't even had those conversations. So that, that's a lot of concern is that we and, and, and the workers just don't know what some of these plans are going to actually entail. So people are obviously scared. They, they don't want to uh, get sick. The messaging around uh, how to stay safe, you know, has been uh, a bit jumbled when, when looking at masks, for example. You know, they started off saying, you know, no masks, you don't need masks, masks aren't helpful. Now, um, now they're saying masks are helpful, and then they're also saying, oh, now it's mandatory, you have to wear a mask in a public space. And then how does that play into their individual workplaces? So there's a lot of questions there. Um, you know, just just for the record, we we fully support masks being used to to prevent the spread of this virus, but it's it's that unknown and it's that confusion. And you know, I'm, I know the media is doing the best the best they can to keep up to the most <laughs> the most current news, but uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there too, um, and that's causing a lot of a lot of problems and a lot of concerns. You know, the the stuff that they see, you know, that that gets posted on on Facebook and and the other social media platforms, which is you know quite frankly wrong, is causing a lot of uh, concern as well. And it's it's a lot of that kind of lack of certainty. Yeah, I'm really taken by your your comment about fear of the unknown. I agree with that. And uh, to build on that, I'm curious from your vantage point, what must employers do to reassure their staff that safety and well-being will be taken care of? Well, as I mentioned, you know, there really has been a lack of of consultation and participation. And uh, you know, on, on one side, I get it. Um, you know, the employers and and you know, a lot of our when I say the employers, sometimes with a lot of cube members, that is directly the government. Um, I understand they have a lot of stuff on their plate, and it might seem to them like, oh, I got to schedule another meeting to have another conversation with another stakeholder. It might seem like it's uh, <laughs> just something they don't fit in the calendar, but that is, I think, probably one of the best things they could do to really um, make the workers feel safe is, is, is to bring in the, the actual representatives of the workers who who will be able to come out afterwards and say, actually, yeah, we sat down, we highlighted our concerns, we highlighted all of the uh, potential flaws with their programs, they responded, um, you know, this way or that, and and we developed a plan together. And people have a lot to say about unions, but the one thing they, they we don't get attacked on very much is our concern for the health and safety of our members. We have a lot of credibility within the membership on health and safety. So if the leadership has gone in and worked out and brought their concerns to the table that brings a lot of i think clout to the conversation and to the plan and and does help uh, assuage a lot of the concerns that people have um, knowing that their 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 specific concerns were brought considered and hopefully acted on and so number one i would say take the time to consult with with your workers either through your official channels of representation or if you don't have a union just reach out to uh, a select you know, number whatever, and 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 get their views. Ask them what is the the things that's bothering them, and and involve them in the plans. Workers know their workplaces best, so they know how the work is done. They know how the um, you know the, the layouts, the interactions with customers, the interactions with each other. They'll know all of the little intricate details. So when I say, oh well, you know, we're going to limit the people on the elevators. Well, that might be fine. That might work, except you know, half the people know that that simply won't work for X Y Z reasons. Maybe we have to set up stairwells. That one stairwell is always an up, and one stairwell is always a down. 
but we have to make sure we're using the right stairwells because sometimes those won't work. Maybe there's different um, considerations just with building design and layout that unless you're actually traveling around and, and, and doing it. And for smaller businesses, it should be a, a bit easier because, of course, they'll be probably closer with their employees since there's you know less of them. Obviously, uh, the larger the employer, the, the more um, probably formal processes will need to be put in place to ensure that uh, the, the wide variety of opinions are actually heard and considered. Yeah, great, great points on consultation. Um, yeah, hopefully that is taking place uh, with so many businesses already opening. Sometimes it is, but I can I can honestly say uh, a lot of times we are just being presented with plans, and and then it's like, okay, here's a plan, react, mm-hmm. but don't react negatively. <laughs> so you know, and that sometimes works. Uh, sometimes though, it, it's a problem. Sometimes we we you know if. The sooner you bring in the consultation, sooner you will get the the views of the workers and the knowledge that you need to uh, develop a plan. If if you invest in you know a lot of time and effort into a plan that's built on faulty ideas or faulty data, you, you get a lot more work to undo than if you bring bring folks in uh, and start the consultation process right from the uh, right from the get go. Mm-hmm. QP has offices across the country, and are there any major nuances or differences of opinion from any pockets of the country when it comes to employees' readiness to return? Yeah, um, well, certainly there. You, you see different, you know, the, the different cultural aspects of, of Canada, which which makes Canada so great, is certainly influencing kind of people's views on what should open and what shouldn't. I mean, things things happened in BC much quicker and much earlier. And as a result, things opened up and there was even some school in BC. So, you know, that view of things having been open longer in BC is is, is definitely very different than, you know, back where I grew up in, in Nova Scotia, where, you know, they, they still have the border shut. You can't even, you know, travel down from, from Ontario to, to Nova Scotia without quarantining for 14 days. And there's a real attitude that, you know, we don't even right now, we're not really interested in, in the tourists coming to our to our town because you'll bring the virus. So that carries into the workplace like, well, if we're not ready for them to come in, maybe we're not ready for, for full reopening. So again, it, there's, I'm, I'm being very general here. There's, there's mm-hmm. both, both camps in, 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 in every province, but you know, even within our own QP structure and system, uh, as we just kind of figure out how to reopen our offices, because we, I've been working at home now since uh, I think it was March 10th or, or something like that, March 20th, whatever it was. Um, and we're looking at how to reopen our offices. We're, we're, we're looking at a phased, a phase reopen starting with a voluntary return, but even across the country, we're we're looking at you know different times of reopening based on what's happening within the within the population within the outbreaks. So even with our own system of you know I think you know, whatever we got 40 offices across the country, we're we're treating each region you know individually based on situation on the on the ground to uh, to ensure that everybody can come back safely. Troy, I've really appreciated your pers- your perspective thus far. I want to close with with a final question uh, on workplaces, and I'm I'm curious to your perspective on what permanent changes, if any, that you see occurring in workplaces as a result of COVID-19. You know, it, it really has been quite an upheaval in how we do work. So, you know, some some organizations there won't be much permanent change. Healthcare is, is healthcare. We really haven't seen that much change, you know, full systematic change. Like you would think, oh, well, you know, it's the pandemic, so maybe we need uh, twice as many cleaning staff, or maybe we need, uh, you know, more and better personal protective equipment. But uh, unfortunately, we haven't seen that. If, if anything, we've gone in, in the wrong direction. So, you know, we'll have to course correct. Hopefully, that's really not permanent. 
one of our biggest pieces of advice is when you're looking um, at controlling this virus and looking at the application of the hierarchy of controls, of course, the first control is to eliminate the hazard. And really, the only way to eliminate the hazard is ensure that people who can work at home do work at home. And like I said, I've been working at home since since March 20th or, or whatever. And I think we are going to see much more of that, much more acceptance to, to working at home. I, w- I was talking with um, somebody that runs a, a kind of a mid-sized uh, enterprise the other day, and, and he, he was actually saying, if you had told me uh, just a year ago that I could let all my folks work at home and they could still be productive and actually productivity would go up and people are expressing happiness, I I would have told you that you're crazy. Um, but this is what we're seeing. And, and for some people, this is uh, better. It provides a, a better uh, life balance. But again, for others, it doesn't. And I look forward to the time where I can go back to the office because I'm, I'm far more productive. It's, I'm, I'm home with my, my children right now and, and, and you know, taking care of them. Um, so that certainly doesn't help the productivity. But even you know, when, when we figure out what they're doing back to school and I can get back in the office, I, I'll, I'll be far more productive. But not, that's not for everybody and, and everybody's life is different. So we're going to definitely see more people working at home. When it comes to travel, I think we're definitely going to see uh, less people hopping on planes for, for every meeting. I used to take 75 to 90 flights a year. I haven't been on an airplane since uh, since late March, and I'm not saying I'll never get on a plane again, <laughs> but uh, a lot of people have accepted that you know I can get on a Zoom meeting. I, I've run a number of educationals using Zoom. I've run, um, certainly had meetings, you know, more meetings than, than one can count since, uh, since the lockdown started. So those, those sides of things, if we're, if we're looking at actually controlling the spread of this pandemic and, and keeping people home and keeping crowds uh, small and keeping workplaces spread out, I think there will be more, more real acceptance of that. Now, as the more offices open up, I also hope, and I, I, I can't say I can see this from evidence, but I do certainly hope to see considerations into the office design. You know, we've been moving towards uh, open spaced offices. Nobody has their own desk anymore. Uh, you come in, you set up a workspace and that's that's your space for the day. And, and then you go home and, you know, you come in three days later and somebody else is sitting at that desk. So you go find a different spot to sit. I think if we're we're considering how to uh, cut down on on spreading a virus, I think we'll see less of that. We people People who have their own offices and have their own spaces or at least their own cubicles with better walls, actual wall. You know, those, those are much easier uh, office setups to to control a virus. And we all hope that we have a, a vaccine and then, and then that vaccine works. But, um, you know, there's a real possibility that we don't, at least for a number of years. You know, again, hopefully not. But, you know, then, then we don't even know if the vaccine's a permanent fix or if this is something that's going to last a, a long time. So I hope that, you know, anyone who's, you know, newly setting up an office gives that uh, consideration, like how much harder is it to open an office that you've designed that just makes the spread of a virus more likely? So um, I'm, I'm certainly hoping that we 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 think about those not just from an ergonomics perspective, but from a, a virus spreading perspective uh, as well. You know, we're still only five months into this, and uh, we're you know major swaths of the country are just moving into a phase three level of reopening. I think there's a lot of unknowns. <laughs> some of it's exciting, some of it's concerning. But there's a lot of unknowns, so it'll, it will actually um, be interesting to see what other new trends kind of uh, pop up as as we reopen these offices and reopen these workplaces and figure out better ways to to serve clients and customers that that don't require us to be in, in close proximity 
um, but still maintain those those personal relationships that you need, you know, to, to properly serve your your clients and your customers. So, uh, you know, it'll be it'll be some interesting times ahead. For sure, Troy. Thank you very much for sharing your expertise and time on this matter. And I hope that your advice will assist employers as Canada seeks to return to work safely. Thanks again for having me, and uh, everyone. I just hope everyone stays safe and. Uh, Everyone remember, you know, this uh, the virus isn't gone yet, so uh, don't go out if you don't have to. Uh, if you do have to go out, please wear a mask and uh, keep your distance if, if you can and uh, wash your hands a lot and stay safe. Thanks, Troy. Thank you for tuning in to The Talent Show, the podcast by Talent Canada. To hear more of our episodes or to find the latest workplace headlines from across the country, visit talentcanada.ca.